0: But it takes a while, doesn't it? Here we are we're alive i'm we're not on. I'm not coming at you guys from a venezuelan prison cell <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that does look like it. I'm staying in <laughs> above a pub in London bridge, which is surprisingly the best value thing i've I've stayed in in London ever. It's basically nice. a, a huge double room with bathroom um at literally above a pub in London bridge and it costs thirty pounds a night so compared to where I was staying before, the week before in Soho, which came out to around... It's still not bad, but it was 450 for the week. This is a lot better value. This is crazy yeah. good value. So I think if I come back to London in future, I need someone to stay. And this isn't booked. This is the place. Um, That's
1: amazing, actually. £30 a night in London is... You know, very very difficult to think where else you get that really,
0: especially in London Bridge. I'm literally three yeah. minutes walk from London Bridge Station. I'm above a pub as well. So in terms of you know, if you were looking at a date venue, right? If a guy was looking yeah. for accommodation and was looking for a date venue, this is like the ultimate because it's downstairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, it's called Pub Love in Southwark for guys nice. that want to um, want to maybe look into that at some stage. Um, but yeah, just wanted to just just a quick just a quick kind of a. Uh, What's the word? Um, up to bringing people up to date. So I'm I'm supposed to be you know doing a, a vlog every day for thirty days, and basically what happened is I had a very very wild, completely over the top uh, week long weekend last week. Hence why I kind of dropped off. So a bit, apologies to to people that have been expecting that have been going where the hell is he? I am still alive. It's uh it is just been a messy, messy, messy weekend. And there's one thing doing a kind of you know. Um, Bakowski's live stream from a hotel room in Mexico City when I'm half cut versus being absolutely star spangled bannered, Um, and yeah, I don't think it would go down too well with the algorithm. The algorithm might get (laughs) the Seeds of how much I've been drinking, but I'm on a bit of a detox now because I've just got so much to fucking do before we head off to Russia. We've obviously got boot camp coming up as well. But for guys that have, you know, are wondering, I have been continuing with every single thing um apart from the live streams on the 30-day challenge i was running myself i hope guys have been doing the same but
1: daily content doing daily content is um is is challenging i think isn't it uh particularly video content particularly video content because you've got to kind of sit in front of the bloody camera and you know that's not always the best thing to do is it
0: yeah i agree i mean look the days of where it was on your own able to kind of even setting up a live stream on youtube being a, was a ball ache i think these days we're very lucky with this thing that we use called Streamyard, aren't we because yeah it, there's not really any excuse you literally just click and play so yeah I mean, yeah but we all have we all have mistakes we are only human right so it was a wild weekend it got completely out of control and now well, i price in terms of right i'm gonna be uh I'm going to go Troy Francis-esque. So busy <laughs>
1: well, but, you know, we're in a wild city, aren't we? I mean, London at the moment, it's like it's, you know, anything goes, really, as far as I can see.
0: Yeah, we've got some people with some uh, interesting comments. I thought the Turks finally got you, Tusk, like a scene <laughs> from Rise of the Foot Soldier uh, <laughs> in some some London basement. No, luckily, luckily not. Um so what's new what's new mr francis since since the the viewers last saw you um well on my channel i guess rather than your own because you're, you're pretty good with the live streams as well
1: well i've i've actually had a couple of days off to be honest i just did that one over there that you came on to with uh jack but i've actually been off for a couple of days i haven't done anything because as you know i mean the weather has been bloody phenomenal and it's been nice to get out and about a little bit i also well i had to go to a. Um, an appointment a doctor like a medical appointment on uh on on, on sunday so i got that out of the way and uh on monday i took, kind of took it easy and then yesterday i was out and about actually just on the you know out about going and socializing on the streets you know do it practicing what we preach kind of thing and um The one thing I would say and what I wanted to emphasize today is that certainly in London, at the very least, and the weather here has been amazing, even though we're not quite out of lockdown because they've extended the the final restrictions lifting. I mean, to all intents and purposes, it's it's all pretty free and easy out there. And socially, it's just been phenomenal. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, like yesterday, I was going around, went and spoke to um, a number of, uh, started conversations with a number of, of girls, very cute girls. And the responses were almost universally positive. In fact, I don't think, I think they were, I think they were all positive. There wasn't any, you know, the kind of, you know, the snippiness that sometimes you get in London. There wasn't really any of that because everybody's in such a good mood. So it's absolutely phenomenal at the moment.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. And and I think, you know, we can use yourself as an example and me because, you, you know, you, we've both gone through phases of obviously when you're immersed in this stuff and you're teaching it 24 seven and you're around it, you go through fear, not periods of revulsion, I'd say, but you're like, you know, it, the last thing you want to do when you've done a fucking hard day's work, right. And everything you've done is centered around, you know, teaching game and giving people advice when mm. they life is actually necessarily go out and, and approach people. But it is one of these things where it is completely social skills is, is completely about momentum. And the more we kind of throw ourselves into the fire the yeah. more we kind of enjoy it, it really is that kind of self-fulfilling catalyst, isn't it? And and it's this been the same for me, kind of doing this this daily challenge of where I was like, I'm gonna hit one approach a day for 30 days. Not only has yeah. I built massive momentum with it and I'm kind of hit my stride with it again, because I've had a little rest before that, um being quarantined from coming back from Mexico, but it's, it's fascinating how much you actually like, realize you, how much you like it again, because we both, you know, got into it. Well, I can speak for me, but I think for you as well, we both got into this because we had a love for day game and basically a love for mm-hmm. socializing and and just kind of pushing your fear barriers. And it's easy to forget that. And, and yeah. maybe for guys watching, it's not directly applicable because they're not putting out content, but for guys consuming massive amounts of content, you should look, be looking at yourself and thinking, right, am I actually being sociable every day? Because if I'm not, really you should be shutting off YouTube and getting outside and, and talking to people and even yeah. speak to a couple of people a day. It completely changes your mindset, doesn't it? It makes you feel mm. connected to others. It's that that kind of flow state of talking to strangers. It just feels fucking phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun as well. I mean, that's the ultimate thing. I mean, one of the things that I always loved about this was, I mean, yes, obviously I wanted to date lots of different girls. I wanted to, uh, you know, get, get all of that side of things sorted out for sure. But even more than that, just the, you can fall in love with the process, just the actual process of going out and chatting to people, having these conversations. I mean, I, I got talking to a girl yesterday, very, very attractive, um, actually quite, quite young, young woman, I would say, was, it, so, somewhere in her 20s. And it turned out she was married. And it also turned out that she she'd had kids, which I hadn't, you know, she looked very young. I, I wouldn't necessarily have expected that. But but whatever. But um, she was on a cigarette break. Um, it was in Soho. I went over started chatting to her and because the vibe is so good at the moment you know she's wearing a nice floaty summer dress and we're enjoying the sunshine and everything like that and it was this really like nice um fairly flirty sort of little moments that we had I mean it didn't lead anywhere but so what right you know and it, it just makes you it just makes you feel good you know and then I was just all right have a great day see you later fine whatever but it was it was just really good and I think there's a combination of things, but I think it's partly my state as well, because obviously our state goes up and down. And I think after having been a little bit lower over the last week or so, I think my state is is, is good now. So that's having an effect. And also just, you know, other people are in a good mood as well because of the weather and everything else. So. So, yeah, but when you do it and, and you're hitting the spot, it, it really it really is a joy to do.
0: Yeah. And, and as you said, it's not even about the result. That's the thing. It's just about seeing that situation that you fear, whether it's, you know, two girls sitting in a cafe, knowing that you like the look of one of those girls and pushing yourself through that and just being like yeah. going up and starting a conversation. And it doesn't have to lead anywhere because yeah. you still come yeah. out of the conversation going, fuck, I, you know, I, I, I basically feel good because I took the action. And and everything, yeah. was, I was out with a student yesterday and we are talking about this, and it was just like, the, the, if guys can just get that, between seeing the girl to actually speaking to her, if they can just re- just, just get that on autopilot, your options yeah. become limitless. Because really what this is, is social freedom. It's practicing your social skills. It's understanding how to go up and, and craft the conversation, be playful, be fun, have a, have, a, have, a, have a giggle with people. That is what it is. Mm. And it's so easy to overcomplicate it, isn't it? And just be caught up with reams and reams of theory. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, if you're not out there speaking regularly to people full stop, you're never going to get good at this, in my opinion. You're never going to max it out in terms, mm, of you know, the social skills and the day game element.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the other thing, also, it just shows you how much of a roller is a bit of a strong term, but that there are ups and downs with this. Because I was, you know, I was talking to you offline, and I was saying, you know, like a week or so ago, I was sort of like, oh, you know, I'm feeling like in a bit of a a bit of a lower period with this stuff, and then this week it's been great, and it's not because nothing has materially changed as far as me or my circumstances or anything like that. It's so much of this is down to mood and state and momentum. And I I don't know, it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? But, but I suppose the lesson is if things aren't going so great for you at the moment, just, just plug on, right? Because you never know what's around the corner.
0: Plug on. and, And for me as well, I always forget it. But if I'm feeling a bit low, I'm sitting indoors you know, maybe I've, I've kind of dipped into a period of, of a bit of self-loathing or whatever, which we're all prone to, or just, oh, where the fuck is my life at? You know, what, what am mm. I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Because it's very easy to get into this negative feedback loop mentally. Literally just walking out your house and being and just going for a walk, A, is, is, is phenomenal. And B, then if you happen to speak to a few people on the way, you feel so much better about it because it brings your mind back to the present. All the stresses and strains we have in life really are built around thinking about the future. Or thinking yeah. about the past. And yeah. if you, you know, if you're socializing with people, especially if they're pretty girls that you don't know, it forces your brain into the present. It's it's kind of that like power of now-esque, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you feel great. You feel like, oh fuck, I'm alive. You know, I'm not worrying about shit. And so, yeah. you know, people often, I think Torero first mentioned it day game as a, as a therapy. And mm. I've spoken to a number of guys who don't even witch to pick up, and they're like, Yeah, I, I wish I could bottle that state that you get from just going out and speaking to strangers because you feel alive, you feel great. It's never about the fucking, I mean, look, we, we all got into this to improve our dating lives. and I genuinely believe it's the best way to meet women. And if you're doing this properly and with regularity, you will have options with very, very beautiful women and you can travel with it, you can meet people, it's amazing. Mm. But really the common denominator is the primary thing is just using it as a way of, of kind of just living a decent life and, and feeling mm. good about yourself. And you cannot, honestly, I I cannot emphasize, even if you go out and five people don't want to say hello to you, you start five conversations, you still feel good compared to the state you're in when you're sitting indoors, worrying and whining and bitching about shit. So Mm. that's why if you can just do this every day, even a little bit, it will just pay dividends for your mental health, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've been trying as well to just have slightly longer conversations in coffee shops or shops or whatever, you know, with the person serving, just to just to just to keep the keep the engine running, just to just to keep it oiled, you know? Like you're just trying to have a little bit more of an interaction. And these interactions don't need to don't need to go anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not always about right, what's the outcome of this? It's it's practicing the skill set and it's it's practicing the well like you say, the craft really of having these these conversations it's basically being social yeah and he's fallen off the stream i don't know why um but yeah it really is as i think he was going to go on to say it really is about just being social i mean i, I mean for myself um that's something that i absolutely had to had to learn and it's something that i've absolutely had to practice you know because not everybody is in a position where socializing is just automatic and it comes to them easily i mean for me it's been something that i kind of had to work at. you know it's been something that i've kind of had to uh persevere with right and to to can you know to continue with it i've had to make it a priority in my life and i'm very glad that i did because here's the thing right you you, you kind of think and particularly when you're young maybe you think this you think i'm this sort of person this is just the way that i am I'm shy. I'm insecure. I'm self-loathing. I am whatever. And you think other people are whatever they are. So you look at the the guy who's really popular, the natural, and you think, okay, he's confident. He's outgoing. He's bright. He's funny, whatever. And you think that the categories are fixed. You know, you think that they cannot be changed, that they cannot be altered. And that, in my experience, just isn't the case. Because for many years as as a younger guy, I just felt that I was socially on the scrap heap, really. You know, I was socially incapable and that that was never going to change. That just somehow, fundamentally, there are people who are confident and they are good at socialising and there are people who are less confident and they're not good at socialising. And I was in that second category and there was no way to go from category A to category B. It, It was just not possible, right? And as I say... I found that to be entirely false. Now, am I like a natural now? To be honest, I would say no. You know, I would say that for me, it is still sometimes out of my comfort zone to be that incredibly hyper-confident guy who just goes in there and it's just natural and he just, he just does it. You know, it's still not always entirely comfortable for me to do that but the difference is that I like to push my comfort zone the difference is that I actually enjoy pushing that comfort zone I actually enjoy putting myself into situations that previously I would have found tricky or intimidating and I mean an example is yesterday when I was talking to this this woman and She was sitting outside the place where she worked. She was having a cigarette and there were other people around, you know, there was another guy sitting behind. I think that he was perhaps somebody that she worked with. Um, There was some, there was a pub next door. There was a couple of dudes standing outside that pub. And for me to have gone up to a girl that I thought was attractive and just started a conversation with her back when I was 18 or 20 or 20 Maybe, maybe the early getting later into my twenties, obviously, was better. But certainly, in my late teens, you know, going up and just starting that random conversation um, would have just been—I I just wouldn't have been able to do it. I just wouldn't have been confident enough or capable of doing it. And I would have thought that that was an inherent trait in me. I would have thought, well, I I can't do that because I'm not one of those guys. There are other guys that can do that sort of stuff because they are good at socializing. But those guys are in a separate category to me. They are essentially different on some very deep and fundamental level. And I am not one of those guys, and and therefore I can't do that. And especially, especially I wouldn't have done it when there were other people around. You know, if she was on her own, that would have been bad enough. But other people standing around, forget it. Absolutely no way. Because what if you get rejected? What if these other people who are sitting around, standing near to her, whatever? What if they they overhear and they think you're an idiot, etc., etc.? Okay, and I'm not saying those considerations don't come in anymore. It really very much depends on the circumstances, and there are, without a doubt, there are higher pressure situations. Some situations are higher pressure than other situations. Okay, without any shadow of a doubt, uh, Tusk is. Tusk is uh, um, trying to get back in at this at this current moment, and he's having some terrible problems with his computer. So we may have to bring this one relatively to an end uh, at some point. But uh, we'll give him a few minutes. I say yeah, do that. I've lost my thread now, but yeah, basically, you know, I, I would have just assumed that my category, my category as a guy, was unchangeable. And I wasn't able to to, to alter that. And and my life has proven that to be absolutely incorrect. You know, my experience of living as a guy on this planet has proven that to be absolutely incorrect because I have changed the category that I fall into. Whereas before I was the shy guy, I was also the nice guy, but that's for another stream. I was the shy guy. I was the unconfident guy. I was the guy who couldn't have eye contact with, with somebody, let alone let alone somebody, a woman that I found attractive, that is no longer the case. And just my own experience in itself proves to me that you can change. You can get better at this stuff. You can alter the course of your life, really. I'm just checking these tusk texts. So we're hoping to get James back in. He's uh, fallen off. He's had some computer issues at his end. He's desperately trying to get back in. But in the meantime, if anyone's got any, any questions, any thoughts, put them into the chat. There are a few things here. Um, There's a couple of other things. So Mohammed says, I can't put these on the screen, unfortunately, um, because he set up the studio, which means I can't put the comments on the screen. But Mohammed says, um, do you think the weather affects the responses you get? I think it does. The only problem with saying that is that it, can put you into the wrong mindset because you can think, well, all right, well, it's not very sunny today, so therefore I'm not going to go out and be social because that means the responses aren't going to be as good. So it can put you in on the back foot a little bit. So I don't want to make it an unqualified only go out when it's beautiful and bright and sunny, because that is not the right attitude to take. You know, you want to be going out and being social regardless of the weather. And and don't get me wrong, you know, wintertime uh not necessarily in the middle of a rainstorm but certainly in the winter time at christmas time in particular you know but any time of the year really you can without a doubt you can be social and you can get results in this in this area but with all of that being said there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that um you can that the sun helps the sun absolutely helps I'm just going to send a quick message. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that, that the sunshine helps. Because everyone's, I mean, there's a variety of things. Everyone's in a better mood for a start. I mean, that's fundamentally what it comes down to. Everybody's in a much better mood. People tend to be wearing less, as we know. Girls tend to wear less when when it's summer, when the sun is hot, for obvious reasons. And I think that inevitably adds to this greater feeling of, There's an element of sex in the air, isn't there? And also as well, remember, it's cyclical as well. Remember the springtime. This is when animals, you know, get jiggy with it to produce offspring and so on. And yeah, it's a a combination of those things. It's it's just a sexier time of year. And I, I would believe that this is why the Latin cultures are very sensual and very sexualized and everything, because frankly the weather's just better you know and people are just more more up for it you know and um yeah so it's great you know it's great good weather definitely you should take advantage of it i mean the only thing that i would say on that is we have been getting to some pretty high temperatures in london recently we've been getting up to 30 which for london is is pretty hot and there's the possibility it'll go even higher because of good old global warming so you know temperatures are really going through the roof and does it get too hot Uh, arguably you know i suppose if you're in dubai or something and it's very humid and it's it's really really high temperatures that may not be ideal either of course you can then go into sort of air-conditioned spaces the malls the coffee shops etc etc but overall I would say, yes, definitely sunshine helps. And the, the other key part of this, which is as important or more important as the mood of the, the the people that you're interacting with, what about your mood? What about your state? And my state's been really good over the last few days because, in part, because it's been really hot and sunny and beautiful weather. And that puts me in a better mood. So that means that when I go and talk to somebody, I'm in a better mood. I'm, I'm putting out better energy. And that then has an effect on them so it's a cyclical thing you know it's a cyclic, it's a cyclical thing and it's it, it's like um it's like any other sort of natural advantage that may that may come along right you know it's you, you can't guarantee it particularly not in britain where it's, it rains for 90% of the uh time but when it comes along you should definitely definitely take advantage of it uh tusky's having some difficulties here so what we might do hang a sec 30 minutes so what we might do is um oh wait a minute he might be oh it's a it's a it's a a will it's a will he won't he situation um he it's now saying it's loading so we'll see if he gets back in but what we'll do anyways we'll go through some comments here and then we'll see random donut which is a fantastic name says I find that consulting people at work leaves me mentally exhausted to be social after work got to be a way around it I fi- I think work and particularly corporate work is uh very 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 draining and it doesn't do you any good as far as the social side of things is concerned but you've got to work through it you know you've got to work through it I uh, was when I was doing my corporate job I would often go out after work and and socialize. I would go to clubs. I would uh, socialize in, you know, daytime venues or in the streets or whatever. And sometimes before as well, you know, I would sometimes have a coffee before the work and get chatting to somebody and get a phone number or whatever. And yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Torero famously, when he was a school teacher, he would go out after work and he would make loads and loads and loads of approaches. You know, he'd do loads and loads and loads of approaches. And that's how he built up his his expertise, all right? And so, you know, like, we can make excuses for ourselves. It's easy to make excuses for ourselves. But in the end, yes, it's more challenging if you've been in an office environment or a meeting environment. And then you have to go out and socialize with girls. It's a very different sort of interaction. You're using different different social skills not entirely divorced, but certainly different. But you got to work with what you got, right? You know, if you do have a, a, and listen, nobody's perfect, right? I'm not saying, you know, there were plenty of times I was very stressed out with work and things like that. I wasn't necessarily leaping out that evening and being super social and getting fantastic results. It just wasn't necessarily like that, you know? But we have to work with what we've got and we have to try. And doing warm-ups is a great way to get you over that hump if you like doing some warm-ups great way to get you over the hump because um because when you first step out of the office and you walk out into the street you're probably not going to feel super social you're going to feel in your head you're going to feel whatever nervous um somewhat uh constrained you know a little bit sort of you've got too many spreadsheets going on in your mind, you're not in that super social vibe, do some warm ups, do some warm ups, and you start to gain that momentum again. You start to get that momentum, you start to leave the, uh, how can I put it? The, you start to leave the work mode and you begin to go into the social mode, okay? And that's the switch that you need to make. Not saying it's easy, but it's definitely, definitely doable. And I think Tusk is, and here he is. He's re- he's returned. Unbelievable!
0: You know where that thing pops up on your laptop saying "Restart now" or "Restart yep. later" and I'm back. I made the mistake of pressing "Restart now" and it takes me through this fucking process. It's I wasn't nightmare. feeling very sociable when I was doing during that. Locked out. I left left you here on your own, but I'm sure you managed to cope with things. Um, what were you talking about last?
1: Well, I was just talking about the issue of say you've got a corporate job and then you're. You know, you've got to go from that and then go out into the street or go to the even go to the bar or whatever and try and be sociable. And that is that is is challenging. But I was just saying that it's definitely doable. And I find doing a bit of warm up really, really helps in those situations to snap out of that office mind and into the social.
0: Yeah. So I've worked in jobs where, you know, in the corporate world, I'm I'm sure you have as well, where, you know, it's very much you're not interacting with people around you. And that was one of the hard, hard things for me because I was determined to go out and do my approaches right after work. But I was coming out really closely stagnant. And the last thing I really wanted to do was go and speak to people. Um, it's just a case of realizing you feel a certain way, taking the action anyway, and then you feel better for it. Um, and it's just, I mean, towards the end, I was doing a, you know, sales jobs. Mm. Um, it was one in particular where you're on the phone, you're pitching quite high value guys all day, every day. And you so you come out kind of, ba- not bantering, but you come out, come, come out sociable because you're used to being on the phone. Your are riffing and yes. you know, stuff like that. So actually quite lucky in some ways doing day game after a session like that or after yeah. a daily thing like that because you feel good, you're already kind of socially lubricated. But for guys that are working in that quote-unquote quote more bookish, more introverted job, then it is a case of just being like, okay, I don't feel sociable now, but just trusting the process that you go out there, you speak to a couple of people and learn, behold, you feel fucking good for it.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, particularly more... IT type jobs and things like this. I think this is, you know, I suppose it's a cliche, isn't it? But you, you, you get quite a few guys who work in those sort of fields who who's come to to this kind of material, and I can definitely see why. Because if you're doing something that's a bit more spreadsheet related, then you are going to be in your head, and then going out into the going out into the the field, let's say, is uh, is is more of a challenge. I mean, I I was also doing sales jobs, and so I had, um. I had something of that of that momentum you're talking about and actually what was good for me was at one stage I was doing a job where we had to take clients out as well so I was take, going out with clients for lunch and you know things like this and um, well I mean you know that you've you've got you've got to be on your social game you know that definitely sharpens up your social game when you're doing that kind of thing because you're sitting in front of somebody you've got to be there for like an hour and a half 2 hours or, or sometimes like there's a group of people and maybe you and somebody else and you're like hosting the damn thing. You, you've got to you've got to deal with that. Right. Um, and sometimes these people are pretty dull <laughs> and you don't have a lot in common. and You've got to find stuff to talk about.
0: You do. And again, that, that just relates back to kind of overarching social skills. Can you be sat down with anyone? You know, if we if we were in a bar and we're with a student, and we like the student. Can you go and speak to that person, regardless if it's a man, you know, a woman, whatever? And yeah. regardless of the situation, can they go up and have a conversation? Because most, most guys will fail that test. They wouldn't be able to do that. So, again, it comes down to kind of social freedom element. But for me, I remember, like, when I wasn't feeling very sociable at work, um, the thing that I used, you know, to my benefit was the lunch break. You know, I was lucky that I worked around kind of central London. But yeah. just walking out there, you've got 40 minutes, 45 minutes to play with. Walk out the door of the office. Don't talk to the fucking you know, don't bitch and whine about someone by the water coolers for 40 minutes eating your sandwiches inside. It's fucking dull. Walk out there, it's a bright sunny day, and there were always opportunities to go and speak to one or two people. And lo and yeah. behold, you come back feeling warmed up, feeling sociable, feeling good, right? And and that was that was that was super key for me. Um mm. just utilizing that time throughout your day that we would I guess classify as dead time. So I know the office culture it has kind of been reduced, but for me you know i was going to work well dressed in a suit right you know that that morning walk over london bridge into liverpool street bank area there were always a couple of opportunities to take there speak to a couple of girls there was always mm. a few opportunities at lunch there was a few always a few opportunities like walking back from my work to go to the gym at the gym i mean there's just it, taking these opportunities within the dead time where it's like what the fuck else are you going to be doing you have to just use that time You can either use that effectively for you or against you. And too many times we still see it where guys will avoid all these opportunities, these kind of lifestyle opportunities, but then they'll go out and do game, Right. And that's missing Mm. the point of of what you're doing to a degree, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. There was a time actually when I was in corporate and I made it a point that I would get a number or at least I would do an approach before work. So you're talking like literally eight, eight o'clock in the morning or whenever it was. And, you might think well not not you but people might think that's not going to be a very good time to do it because everyone's just first got up and they're tired and they're on their way to work and blah 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 actually i found that it was a really a really fruitful time to do it and i got you know i used to get quite a few numbers and and you know six and some some dates and successes through that which is making approach literally you know before the days even started and um you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, the girls that I spoke to were actually because everyone's living such a boring, monotonous life. Aren't they? That's the, that's the thing. And if something comes out of the blue and it's like, wow, that was, that was interesting. That was, that was different. That was cool.
0: You're injecting massive value, aren't you? Into into a girl's life. I don't care like how hot the girl is. Most women and and most men leave fucking, you know, mundane, boring existences where there's very little roots. There's very little change. It's very routine. It's very much go to work, come home, Put your feet up, glass of red wine, watch Netflix. And that goes on for years, right? And, and people wonder why there's this kind of existential feeling of, fuck, my life is passing before my eyes. It's because they're not challenging themselves. But, yeah, you going up and cold approaching someone in, say, London Bridge Station, right, at, at 9 a.m. I mean, that is, that is ballsy, A. It makes you feel good. But, B, it injects, it injects a shot of adrenaline, of, 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 you know, of, of this energy into, into the girl's life. And she's like, fucking hell, what the fuck was that? But in a very yeah. positive way. So we can't underestimate the 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 impact a decent cold approach has because women don't get approached that way they do not get Mm. approached outside of bars or clubs um the the majority of obviously you know male dating sphere is, is online now which we all know it's a very very hard um ruthless market to thrive in so you know and again just just flipping back to what we talked about before the guys i know that are really really successful at this stuff are basically dating they're very charismatic they're owning their social skills right it's because they fall in like you talked about they fall in love with the process of being sociable and guess mm. what as a side effect of that process of really focusing on social skills and bantering with everyone teasing everyone having fun with everyone as a side effect of that they have a massive amounts of options with their dating life because they're constantly having conversations bantering and there's a phone number there there's an instagram there there's a facebook there there's a phone number there and they, they have reams of reams of options because they're out being sociable. So yeah. I think most of the guys that probably sit on here watching this type of stuff, which is great if it motivates them and they actually take action, are coming from that more introverted, right, shy background, which we both did. I mm. think I'm, 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 I'm safe to say you're, you're involved in this. But naturally, I know guys look at me and they're like, oh, yeah, he's a tall, good looking guy, blah, blah, blah. It's, everyone has a different reality, right? And there's no, I make no bones about it. I was, I still go through elements of being like, fuck, getting a bit too introverted. I need to get out of the house and speak to people. But I came from a very shy, you know, very introverted background, quite low self esteem, a lot of self loathing. So Mm. uh, getting out there and just being sociable was the massive fix. And that was always the agenda for me. It was obviously like, I want to start meeting women, but really I knew it was down to me having basic, complete lack of social skills. And basically being scared of scared of socializing having social anxiety, which was the limiting factor, so I yeah. knew going out and talking to women sober was the key without you know being able to hide behind alcohol or you know go to I wanted to get out of that culture as well to to a degree to going out to clubs and getting absolutely hammered um, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: because I mean the not that approaching after having a few drinks doesn't work because obviously it does because that's probably how the, the that's probably how the british race has continued for this long Scandinavian the Selinavian, but, Selinavian
0: race you know mm, Swedes, mm. finns uh germans they all go out they get fairly you know lubricated and that's fine that's culturally what, what goes down
1: yeah but you don't have it depends how drunk you get and how it affects you and all the rest of it. But you, you don't have much standout ultimately, do you? Because you are just another one of those guys. You know, you're just another guy who's drinking at the bar, who's had a few drinks, and now he's finally plucked up courage to go and talk to her. And she knows that, right? Whereas if you are somebody who is able to walk up at any time of the day and just start a conversation and make your intentions known and, you know, put it, put it out there and come for good or come, for, come what may, you put it out there because you just own your... Your reality that sets you apart. I still believe that sets you apart. I mean, yes, you know, if you live somewhere like London, there are a number of people who are doing approaching. So, you know, but this this worry that oh, it's gonna it's gonna get saturated. I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. In fact, if anything, it's going the other way now, isn't it? Because everyone's just online.
0: Yeah, it's not know, so... doing
1: the dating apps and things.
0: I mean, the, the one thing I would say to guys based in London is. If you're worried about kind of, you know, reapproaching women that have been approached and it's kind of a thing, all you need to do is not go to Oxford Street. I yeah, mean, it's a city yeah. of 10 million people. You've got – what I'd say to guys to do is download a zone one and two, you know, download the tube map where you can see all the interlinking tube, tube, tube map stations. And each time you want to go out to do a bit of day game with a wing or, or on your own, just be like, right, I'm going to get off at a random one of these and walk around for an hour – and just see what happens. And, and, and by that kind of note, you're also taking the pressure off yourself because you're explore, exploring a new area of London. Like how many people, it's, it's so boring. And I was guilty of this as well, but it's so fucking boring. Going out to Oxford Street, pacing up and down like a fucking Terminator, you know, and, and that is doing day games. It's not doing day games. It should be linked into basically living your life, right? So explore London. It's a fascinating city. Get off yeah. the Tower Hill. You know, walk around all there. It's, it's fucking amazing historical stuff. Get off at Monument, get off at Camden Town, get off at Elephant and Castle, get up off at Bermondsey, get off at London Bridge, get off at Stratford, um, everywhere Richmond, East Putney, Parsons Green, Fulham, all these at Mayfair. Get off at any of these stations. Just set yourself a little goal, set yourself that challenging hero's journey. Right? I'm going to walk around, and if I see any, I'm going to explore the area. And, you know, and just enjoy it. And if I see a girl on the way, I'm just going to approach, right? And that's a far healthier way of doing stuff. When we go to Moscow and St. Petersburg in July, which I'm super excited about, we will be doing a similar thing. We'll have our little, like, DJI camera, the really cool camera that shoots in 4K. We're going to be kind of exploring around, showing people from that kind of point of view version, what they're, you know, all the architecture, all the cool stuff, these random cafes where they don't understand an order. And then we happen to be seeing a hot girl on the way and we're approaching, right? And it's Mm. a miniature kind of version of that we're going to be showing. And it's a fucking cool way of doing it. And I think guys need to be thinking more about day games shouldn't be a drag. It shouldn't be a ball ache. It shouldn't be, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to go out and do some approaches. You need to, you need to, guys need to be a bit more self-aware, self-conscious and just think, right, how can I make this fun for myself? It's Mm. cool game for a reason. It should be fun. And So going yeah. out to the same area repeatedly, going up and down, using the same lines, that's fucking dull. That's not pushing your comfort zone. That's just being like lazy, right? So a yeah, bit of a rant here, but it's super important because I've gone through phase of this of just being fucking, yeah. you know, not not, not not enjoying it almost. And it's like, well, for mm. me, I've got to mix up the opening lines, I've got to mix up the environments I'm in, I've got to get on a plane and travel, I've got to see this as a challenge. You know, and I've got to thrive in that environment. Not oh, woe me, oh for fuck's sake, you know, blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're, we're both, I think, built similar mentally, where we, we we often will side on the negative as an automatic, and we've mm. kind of learned to kind of take you know almost CBT ourselves, where yeah, hold on, no, fuck you, let's let's flip that to a positive and make something make something happen for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. I think you're right about the different areas. And, and it's, as well, there's an element here of not allowing it to get stale because it can get stale for you as Very well. stale,
0: very stale. And, and, and yeah, that's a big problem, fair. I think. Yeah, and it, it, again, mixing up the venues, mixing up the environments, getting on a plane, testing yourself, going to, you know, there's so many places in the world. The only limiting factor is our imagination, right? I remember some nostalgic, yeah. nostalgic times of flying over to, to, to Brovnik a few years ago doing some work with with Kezia at the time. And Mm. a client arrived, cool guy. And I was sitting in, you know, Dubrovnik's that kind of medieval Croatian seaside town where they film Game of Thrones. And at night, it's beautiful. It kind of all dims. It's these old castle walls Mm. lit up by these flames, right? These kind of Roman-style massive candles. Absolute stunners walking around, like people on holiday. Just a very cool vibe hubbub to the place. And just, just walking around there, just approaching people. It's like, fucking hell, this is amazing. And all mm-hmm. I had to do to do that to get out of the, the fucking boredom of, of marching like Terminator up and down Oxford Street was book a fucking flight, have some gumption, yeah. challenge myself a bit. Right. But it's yeah. so so. even with day game, you see guys just just frolicking around the same areas, complaining, oh, my shit. It's like, fuck you. Get on a plane like you can be anywhere yeah. in the world within a day. We live in a, a, a time of the most amazing technology. Yeah, There's no excuse not to create your own circumstances. So figure out what they are and, and go after them unashamedly. And I guarantee yeah. you as well, like if you are in London or New York or whatever, great cities to learn in, but you're going to have far more fun when you travel, when everything's new and it's a stimulation of well, senses.
1: Yeah, I think you need to have that injection of... Momentum is the wrong word. You've got to have the excitement for it yourself. And I think maybe something that we've been talking about recently is when it when you get a little bit jaded with it for whatever reason, like maybe you're just spinning your wheels, going doing going to the same areas, approaching the same sorts of women, whatever. You need to snap out of that. And I mean, a, a very obvious way for me to do that is to ensure that you're going after women that you you are actually really attracted to, because if you're somehow letting yourself off the hook a little bit and you think well maybe I'll go and talk to to that girl because she's not honestly she's not you know 100% the kind of girl that I would necessarily go for but I think it's going to somehow be a little bit easier or maybe she's going to be a bit more receptive and then you don't talk to the girl that you think is absolutely stunning then in my experience the girls that you are, are really bang on as far as you're concerned those interactions seem to go better it's really crazy how that works
0: yeah, I've had it before, being like, you know, walking around yesterday, and I was just like, for fuck's sake, did a few approaches. They're very half assed and, yeah. then, and then I realized it was because I was approaching girls I wasn't even that fussed about. I was approaching for Forsakeful, yeah. which is fine to build a bit of momentum. But then I, I saw two girls that I was like, fucking hell, they're really my type. And so just approaching them, you've got so much more oomph, like Odevee, yeah. Ode, just going in, Joy V. Yeah, um, yeah. I just called it a brandy. Joy V, is that correct? Joy de Joy de vivre, yeah. Eau de yeah. is a brand new, so get off that task. You're on Detox. But, yeah, when I actually saw the two, one was by Liverpool Street Station, like Brunette Girl, and the other was by Morgay, Blonde Girl, and they're both, like, down to a T, like, what I find really attractive. And so just when they walked past, I just was, like, bang. Like, it's almost like your body kicks into gear. Yes. And you're just so much – you you're prepared to put it on the line because when they – both of them said, oh, look, I've got to go. And I was like, okay, well, look, before you go, I just had that natural oomph to be like, fuck, fuck this, I'm going to put it all on the line because I'm super attracted to them. So again, mm. on a kind of like a larger scheme level, guys need to be thinking, right, what type of women do I find attractive? Let me get on a plane and go and go, go to a place where you're going to find a high degree of these women. And yes. you're going to be naturally driven to approach and be having a having a great time.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And the, the different areas thing as well. So there's a couple of areas I, I've been in just recently. One of them is uh edgeware road funnily enough so i was on edgeware road sitting down well it was well so i was sitting down just with a a friend of mine just having one of the old you know like the mint teas there's no shisha at the moment because it's uh it's banned because of uh because of the virus but um there's no shishas even outside i don't really see how that's gonna you know but anyway how is
0: having how is having your personal shisha pipe an issue that's what i don't get
1: Unless that- you're passing it around because you do pass it sometimes. So I get right? that. And then
0: the, the obvious but then- thing for them to make more money would be right everyone has to buy their own, which is a, yeah. a no brainer, right? Like yeah. they make so money. I do like Edgeware actually. There's some brilliant food around
1: there. So it? so yeah, so we were sat down outside one of those uh, one of those cafes. We we're having the old mint tea and I think I bought uh, like a you know one of the chicken skewer things as well. We're just sitting around and there were loads of you know worldies as you might say going walking past. And we did a couple of approaches from there, just from sitting in the cafe and then just, oh, look, you know, go over and speak to her, go and speak to her, whatever. And um, obviously, it's very Arabic area. So you have those those girls there. But I think there's quite a few um, Russians and Eastern Europeans around there as well, actually, because you tend to get. it's a relatively expensive area to live because you're right in the center of town if you're living down towards, you know, what is it like Baker Street a bit further down and everything. And um, so, yeah, you get some some interesting sort of um, sort of women living around there, quite modelly types and things like this. So it's really good. And it's, it's near Oxford Street, it's off Oxford Street, but it's, it's a world away from, you know, it's not like being outside H&M. You know, kind of thing. It's like it's a world away. It feels so much better around there. And um, the other place is is Camden. Now, I've never been a massive fan of Camden to be honest, because it, it's always been a bit very touristy, very sort of like all those slightly naff, like you know, alternative shops around there and stuff like that. But I have to say, I was down there yesterday um, and looking at the looking at the girls walking around. I mean, there were some some stunners down there.
0: Yeah, and and for me, the areas that pay dividends in the old days that I was kind of walking around, changing up because I lived near Putney, but I used to go down to Fulham Broadway, South Ken, um, mm. Gloucester Road, all around there. There's no one approaching, and there's some absolute stunners, especially if, if guys are more into that kind of you know posh English girl, which not necessarily they would be, but you get a lot of beauty around there, and it's it's a great, mm. it's a beautiful area just to walk around. There's kind of food food stores, boutique coffee shops. There's all sorts yeah. of things happening. And again, mm. it's just, it just, it, it nicely mixes it away from the Oxford streets, the, the Covent Gardens, yeah, the embankments, you know, these places that just get worn out. You know, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm sick, to the, sick to the teeth of going to them because the problem I have is obviously teaching students. I have to take them to high volume areas and a lot of them are based central. So it's like, okay, well, that's me at Liverpool Street again. But fuck, it's dull. Like, mix up mm. the areas. It's so, so important,
1: isn't it? yeah and particularly then- Ox- particularly oxford street because i mean the reality is that many people who live in london try and avoid oxford street like the plague anyway don't they unless you have to go because you've got to go to buy something in a shop but in in the main people who actually live in london don't really like oxford street very much and with good reason because it's just a very fairly soulless you know kind of place where there's a lot of uh, big high street chain stores and you know it's not very interesting
0: yeah, that's it. I mean, but I guess on a longer term level, uh, after changing up the, the areas of London, it is about getting on a plane, isn't it? Um, yeah. Just, just, and you're challenging yourself more because you, your sense is stimulated. You go to a new place and it's embrace that challenge aspect. It's not about being fearful. It's like embrace the fucking challenge. And I'm super mm. excited for us. Like we're going to be walking around like St. Petersburg, you know, all this crazy fucking architecture, same with Moscow don't yeah. speak language and then we're fucking approaching and it's a it's just it's another a gear up in intensity it's like high risk high reward it's like what's going to happen but that's fucking exciting right life is about yes. challenge as a guy and i think that's why for me i fell in love with traveling and for the last four years the best experience i've ever had have been traveling it's it's crazy one day you're in mexico city you know approaching these these russian models in, in an area called Polanco. the next you fly to oaxaca and you're drinking mezcal in a mescalaria and you've got the sunset with the mountainous regions and the argar plants around you. The next day you've, you've flown to Rio then you're in Rio carnival and it's just a wall of fucking sensation. It's like, that is for me what, what this was all building up to. And, and I can't emphasize enough how guys should be getting on planes, figuring out what they like and just fucking doing it because you'll never have any yeah. regret. The worst case scenarios. You're like, Oh, this is shit. And then you fly back to where you live. Who gives a fuck? Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, guy, exactly.
0: You know, is, exactly. where's, on your hit, where's on your hit list list of as apart from obviously russia where are you excited to go in the next few years
1: um well i, I want to go to places like armenia um i want to go to some of the as we were saying some of the stands you know kazakhstan um maybe maybe even Uzbekistan, um azerbaijan i want to go to like i want to go to places i mean obviously azerbaijan not entirely off the beaten track. There was a big football game there just the other night. Um, but, you know, I want to go to some places that are slightly more off the beaten track, you know, and particularly those places like the Caucasus parts of, um, I mean, Bulgaria is another place, which is actually quite a popular sort of touristy de- um, destination in some places, but I want to go to Bulgaria. Like I want to go to these places where they're slightly off the beaten track. Where you don't that. actually
0: know the co- the culture that well. It's the most fun you ever have and, and something yeah. you know, especially if you kind of you go in there a bit blind. I mean, that's why we were both very excited to go to Blisi. And I still want to go, mm. but it's probably gonna to have to be more September time when it's open a bit more. It's open back up a bit. And I'll I'll have had my second shot then as well, so we can just cruise in with no um yeah, with Albania.
1: No- Albania as well I'd like to go to. Although
0: I'm slightly you know, scared about the kind of Russia, the, the Albanian gangster from Taken kind of vibe of like, mm-hmm. fucking hell, you fuck with the wrong girl, right? Yeah, well, there, there, is, there is, yeah,
1: there, there is that. There is that. Um, but, uh, but I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. I mean, the beaches over there and stuff, it looks amazing. I've, I'm on a, I've got a, following a hashtag on Instagram at the moment, and there's some beautiful looking beaches over there. Amazing. Because I know sort of Russian girls and um, uh, Ukrainian girls will go there on holiday. You know, right. it's, kind of a big, it's kind of a known holiday. This is the thing you see. You're, you're sort of very blinkered by your country of origin, aren't you? Because if you're British, it's like, where'd you go on holiday? Well, Spain um, or maybe Greece. And it's the worst um, thing you can do,
0: really. I mean, go yeah. off the beaten track, like, because the more off the beaten track you are, the more exotic you are to the women there. So when you're yes. cold approaching, which puts you in a very small percentage of men as a, as a great value de- delivery mechanism, you're also a novelty to them. So they'd, they'd find you attractive anyway. You're going to be the guy getting looks in the bar. But then you're, you're, you're combining that with this kind of unusual direct value delivery system of, of direct day game. And suddenly you're, you're going on dates with women where you're like, fucking hell, if I hit her up on Tinder or if I hit her up on Instagram, there is no chance in a million years i will be going on a date with her. So mm-hmm. it's just thinking, mm-hmm. right, again, just just challenging yourself. Go! To, I mean, for me, it's the same. The next two, three years, I want to basically tick off going to loads of random spots like Tbilisi like yeah like I'd I'd happily come to Tirana with you they've got a beach area called, called like Sarandi which is like their about uh, Albanian uh, Albanian coast uh, coast like location place yeah. like that more of like more of the stars, I think that'd be brilliant um more of Brazil you know some more exploring in South America but I think guys yeah for for for, for me having gone through this journey now for a long time the kind of where I find the most fun is getting on a fucking plane somewhere random touching down using it as a chance to explore the place really being about as as much i'm talking to, to girls it's about exploring the place and enjoying the place sucking up the sensation yeah. buying new food you know going to culturally interesting spots and then also you've got this skill set in the back of your your brain where you're going to be like constantly sociable constantly interacting with the outside world and that's going to generate you opportunities so it's yeah. almost like exploring the globe but you have this element of, I'm also going to be open to dating as well and, and meeting yeah. people without relying on online dating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like we've been saying before, I mean, with the whole work from home, I'm not sure if it's a revolution, but you know, like clearly COVID has changed things to the degree that working from home is going to become much more a part of the culture, even as people are starting to go back to offices and things. But there's no doubt that having more mobility is going to be a thing as we go forward. So even if you are you're employed by a company, I mean, or, or whatever it is that you do, if you're a freelancer, that's one thing, if you're employed by a company, but you can work remotely, there is, as we go on, going to be much more of this sense that people aren't tied to one geographical location anymore, right, so, and that's certainly how I see things going in the next few years for myself, I want to be more location independent, I to be going to more places, working from those different places, but obviously, as part and parcel of that, you need to have a social life as well, and you need to have a dating life, right, so, you know, you've got, the the traditional path which is well you, you kind of you get married and you buy a semi in Kent and you 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 know you settle down there if you're British and that's and that's it. But is there another way? Is there another option? Well clearly there is these days and, and, so- and there's
0: nothing there's there's also I mean it's probably not gonna it may or may not play into what guys think is right. But you know if you are watching this and thinking oh the semi in Kent with a couple sounds of good. kids sounds amazing. There's nothing wrong with doing that path but I think it's about mapping out what you want in life and then relentlessly going after that because if you don't prioritize it someone else will prioritize something else for you and suddenly you're living in existential angst of fuck what am I doing you know is this really what I want to be doing right and we've all gone through periods of that I can I can 100% speak for myself when I say I look back and I don't have regrets because there's no point you can't change stuff but I would have done things differently and I would have started living this nomadic lifestyle years before I actually committed to it Mm. um so you know there is another way you can you can travel the world. You can date on your own terms, right? Yeah. And it's just it's the other side of that fear barrier, thinking, oh, yeah, it's all well for Tusk. You know, he's traveling around doing his thing. But I was the guy working in an office, listening to Torero's podcast, going, fuck Torero. This guy's having a ball. You know, and that yeah. inspired me to actually take the action. I can verify it's completely possible to do that. You've yes. just got to fucking prioritize it and go for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I didn't mean to be sort of uh, disparaging about... You know, <laughs> I mean, moving to Kent and having a family because those are, you know, th- those are great things to do. But the point of the the fact, the matter is, it's sort of like, are you making a choice based on what you actually want to do? Or are you making that choice just because it seems like what you're meant to do, you know? And, and that, I think, is the key thing. And, uh, you know, and I think just, just being aware that there are other paths, um, particularly nowadays, particularly in this day and age, that are open to you. I think that's a really important thing to be aware of. Yeah,
0: and and I mean, a lot of your viewers. I mean, do they? Do you, where where do you think they? You know, are they more kind of, corporate people or you? Any idea, kind of what? How you know most of the guys that watch your stuff. What are they doing? Are they are they kind of, are they armchair gamers? Are they actually taking action? Are they are they kind of corporate? Are they are they doing their own job? Like, is it just? Uh, a real-
1: I think you. I think inevitably, you're always going to get um, a large base of people who are. You know, they, they like the material, but wh- whether they're going out and actually in it is, is another thing. But I, I certainly get a lot of guys who are professionals, you know, who are who are in very good positions as far as their career is concerned and everything like that. But they're looking for that next step, both socially and maybe. And and, and many guys actually are also looking to break out of the the mold. You know, you, you often I don't know about you, but you often get into conversations with a guy where they're saying, oh, I'm interested in the dating stuff, but also, you know, I'm in this job at the moment, but I'm finding it a, bit, a little bit boring. I'm thinking about going off and doing my own thing in a couple of years' time. What about that, right? So, I think a lot of guys that you know, yes, dating is, is is key. Dating is important, but it's also breaking out of the mainstream idea of what some what your life is meant to look like. You know, because if you were like in my dad's generation, that there there wasn't really an option. That the the default was you're going to get married, you're going to have a family, probably quite young you're going to work a job and that's sort of going to be it, you know, with very few exceptions. And yes, I mean, there's family pressure and stuff like that, but in general, we don't have that today in the same way that we used to have it.
0: No, but there's, a, we do have that societal pressure to do the right thing. Don't we live that, you know, do that proper job, you know, earn yes. that salary, settle down a certain age, and yes. there, is, there is another way in it, but, but I understand the pressure that gets put on, whether it's self-created or not, or whether it's just kind of in your own head and you, you still feel it anyway. But there is a, there's still a massive pressure in somewhere like the UK to do the right thing and mm. live that traditional life, isn't there? And if you do something different out of the box, then you're constantly almost battling with, with, with what other people think of you. You know, I, 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 I can certainly say I have been, and, and that's something that continually goes on. But you've just, again, got to prioritise. Think about it as this is your life. Prioritise what you want to do. And if people want to buy into that and still be a part of your existence, great. And if they don't, I mean, it's just life isn't fair. It, you, But you have to prioritise what you want, even if it might piss off a few people. It's so, so important. And it's so, yeah. you know, it's so hard for people to do. I get it.
1: Well, well, difficult. people... people- even if they think obviously a lot of people are they're in your corner and they they want what the best for you they want what they think is the best for you so they will say well why you should do this because i think that would be the best thing for you and that's fine and i'm sure in many most cases that's coming from a very good place but it's not them that actually has to live it do you know what i mean like it's not it's not your nan or whoever who who actually has to has to live with that decision. And we know ourselves better than anybody else knows us, even family and close friends and things like that. And we know what is best for us, really. I mean, sometimes it can be tough to see the wood for the trees with that. But on a deep level, we know what we like. We know what we don't like. And we've got a much better idea of how we should be organizing our lives than really anybody else. And that's the, the reality of it.
0: That is the reality, and they're only commenting from their own life experience and their own perspective, their lens on the world, mm. right? And we know that's that's our lens on the world is different from the majority of people. Hence, why they're actually, even though we hold them, you know, dearest to us, they're the least qualified to give that advice, right? And and you're completely right. It's not them that has to live the reality. Yeah, and it's always isn't it to count out to other people's opinions to, to play happy families especially because the majority i think both of us and the majority of guys that watch this we all come from those kind of nice guy backgrounds where we're used to just agreeing with people right to just make Mm -hmm. life easier where actually you kind of have to make a stand Mm -hmm. say no this isn't what i fucking want um and and again prioritizing what you want and that that makes it easy but the problem is if you're and we're all guilty of this at times but if you're wishy-washy about what you want then it becomes very hard to kind of stand your ground on things doesn't it because you can't you're not you haven't got a clear kind of agenda or, or, or modus operandi.
1: That is, that's very true. That's very true. Because I think if you're a hundred percent down the line saying, right, this is, this is what I want. You know, I want to go and live in a cave and nothing's <laughs> going to persuade me, you know, whatever it is. I'm not, and nothing's going to persuade me against that because that is hundred percent what I want, then fine. And people are likely to end up falling in line with, it, or they're not going to have a choice because you're just going to do it. Where I think I've created problems for myself in the past and probably continue to do so is where, it's a little bit grass is greener because it's like, well, I kind of want this, but on the other hand, that looks sort of nice as well. And then, and, and that's, I think where the, um, where the, uh, what's the words, um, you know, you can, you can sort of cause trouble for yourself and for other people around you to some extent, when you're a little bit like I'm, um, unsure of where you're going. But one thing that somebody said to me a while back, actually it was Paul Janker, actually, who I know, you know, we're keen to, uh, we're keen to get on at, uh, at some point. So hopefully that will happen. But, um, he said to me because we talked about his. Uh, obviously, he was a playboy, and now he's he's married and he's got a child and, and so on. And he's. I, I sometimes would ask him for advice about things, and he would say to me, "Well, why don't you like whichever where you're going to go? Go for that a hundred percent, but it doesn't have to be forever." I suppose actually the only, the caveat to that is if you have, if you have kids, that's that's kind of forever. But it's 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 a bit like if you say you're with a girl and you're like, "Well, do I?" Stay in a relationship with her, or do I do I fuck it off and do I go and you know travel travel to India instead? He said, Well, we'll just whichever, just just decide which way you feel like going at the moment and then just go with that 100%. So, if you're going to go with the relationship, you're just like, All right, fuck it, I am in this is 100%. This is you know, it doesn't mean in three months' time you can't change your mind, but just for that period of time, you're like, right, you know, and I think there's something to be said for that.
0: No, I think it's a brilliant way of looking at it, and it, it, it kind of it allows that, that kind of correlation with, with also not being sure because, yeah, we, we all change our minds, right? We all adapt and, and can constantly like, change what we think. But, yeah, for that moment in time or for those few weeks or months in time where you are convinced that's the right path, if Cause... you can commit 100%, it will give you more clarity over, okay, is that the right decision to keep going with or do I need to change? But it also gives other people a very clear kind of, okay,
1: this is what he's about now. And then yeah. and they know
0: where they stand as well. So I think it's a very good way of kind of corroborating the two.
1: Yeah, because he was saying that when he was out and about doing his day game in New York and being a player and everything, he was 100%. That was his lifestyle, 100% committed to that, not messing around, didn't want relationships, very, very, you know, very, very sliced and diced. And then... You know, he meets his uh, his girlfriend and they get engaged and she becomes his wife. And 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 so and for that period, he's like, 100%, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting married. I'm putting that stuff behind me. I'm being the family man. And he said, look, you know, um, I don't know if he quite put it this directly, but he sort of said, look, I mean, obviously, there are no guarantees in life. You don't know what's going to come of that. Maybe, you know, I, the, the implication was, OK, well, even if for some reason this didn't work out, OK, or, or I decide that I don't like it, then you can address that. At a later point but for the in the interim for the for the for the moment you've got to be like right no this is now what i'm doing this is now my path and um i think that's an admirable thing i, d- I don't think it's easy necessarily but i think that is that's a good way to go no I, I think it's
0: great but it also involves you having a clear idea of exactly what you want and that's a very hard thing to do isn't it just to kind of yeah mark, because life is just so busy right and then it's just like you almost have to take time away from everything switch off and just think you can know, really sit there and think, what do I really want? Which is one yeah. of the hardest things to ever do. I remember at the beginning of Think and Grow Rich, I think all oh, the premise throughout it is like just being able to sit there with a pen and paper, you know, with no distractions for 10 minutes. And that is an incredibly hard exercise um, mm. because you're actually alone with your thoughts. And you're yeah. like, what do I really want from this short time I have that I'm consciously well, alive?
1: Yes, and the other difficulty is that the different options can both seem – attractive in their own ways right it's not like it's not like there's it's not like there's always one option which is absolutely terrible and then there's one option that's brilliant and so it's kind of a no-brainer often it's like well this could be really good but this could also be really good and you can't really have both and then and that's when it gets difficult
0: yeah i agree it's been a fascinating conversation um any final thoughts to wrap up for the guys well,
1: i have gone completely off tangent. Now. I know, completely off tangent, and quite <laughs> insatiable
0: That it ended with us just with our personal strife with life going. I'll oh, know what are we do. doing, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> they <laughs> like the honesty. I'm sure people appreciate the honesty.
1: Well, you know, hopefully there's some value in there for people because I'm sure. I mean, the thing is right. We, we, all of us have these, these, these choices in life. All of these have these different directions, and um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a constant thing. So. um the main thing really is, is, is we're going to be in Russia very soon. We're going to be in Russia in July. So if guys want to join us out there, either in St. Petersburg or in Moscow or indeed in Sochi, then they should get in touch because it's going to be a blast. It's going to be fantastic to get out there. Weather over there is great at the moment. Uh, people are out and about enjoying themselves. Uh, no restrictions really, or very minimal restrictions. And I mean, St. Petersburg is a bloody awesome city. Uh, Moscow is is a fantastic, fantastic city. Very beautiful girls, lots of social opportunities out there. So, so yeah, I mean, if guys are interested in that, they should definitely get on board. We can help out advising. You need to get a visa from most countries, certainly from the can't UK. be fast track though, can't it? I mean, we would yeah. doing crazy long visas.
0: We you don't need that. You could go, you know, you could go fucking, you know, short term visa. It's going to cost you 30, 40 pounds. You know, single entry. Come away with us. I mean, I've been to St. Petersburg uh, as a view. Uh, I went a few years ago for the kind of White Nights thing, which is where it's mm. 24-hour light, which is a head fuck. But what a city. Very easy to meet people. Um, mm. but the, the Russians you know, from all parts of, of Russia living in St. Petersburg are known to be a bit more open, a bit more sociable because um, that is kind of the, the stereotype of the city, how it operates. And super easy to meet people. You know, we've got We've got a couple of people from Moscow now, so we're thinking not taking any more people from Moscow. But Sochi we're open to, so kind of the Russian Ibiza, which will be crazy in terms of the quality. But also, yeah, St. Petersburg, I think guys, if they want to join us there, we'll have a real blast. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I can't emphasize how much, like, if you come out to Russia, you'll, you'll fall in love with the place. It's just, it's a crazy place, but you'll fall in love
1: with it. St. Petersburg also is a. It's more European, as people always say. It's a little bit more hipster. It's it's maybe a little bit of an easier transition into Russia, if you know what I mean. It's it's like a because it's nearer to Europe as well. You know, you can just go over from Finland and you're into Russia. So it's kind of like as as a starter place. It's it's good because it gets you into the vibe, but it's not it's not wholly foreign. Whereas Moscow can be a little bit. It's Moscow's a little bit. It's very, very big, very busy. Uh, it's where the seat of government is. It's quite a. Uh, it's a slightly more imposing place, I would say. It's for very for more.
0: It's, it's very much more what you think about when you think of Russia, right? There's a babushka dying on the steps with a bottle of vodka. There's an absolute worldie that walks past wearing one of those big fur hats. It, yes. It's it's what you think as as real Russia. Whereas, yeah, St. Petersburg is it's more European. I didn't when I first arrived. there, I didn't feel like Russia to me. It actually yeah. felt kind of yeah more European, but it's a great starter place, and that's where we actually kick off proceedings. Eighth yes. of July to the eleventh, we got space for a couple of guys to come and do some training with us. Five hours a day, um, you know, you'll have a blast. You, it's just me and Troy, um, so we'll be we'll be putting you through the the paces and obviously just just taking you around and, and basically living a bit of life with you, exploring the city with you as well. Also approaching, also hitting it hard. So if that sounds appealing, get in touch with us send either Troy an email or, or myself an email and we can make it happen. Um, and then just, just winding back before that, obviously we're still in London until early July. So spaces are still available for coaching myself and Troy are running a boot camp starting from Thursday to Sunday. Um, we do have a last minute availability. If you want to jump in maybe on the uh, maybe on the Friday or Saturday or, or Sunday. So get in touch. You can do one day if you want. And then after that, we've got about two week window before we leave. Uh, to go to Russia where we both have availability for coaching as well. So we I, I personally won't be back to London for a while after mm. Russia. I'm gonna probably head off to, to Kazakhstan, Armenia, and then probably go to Finland, um, and then probably Croatia. So I'm gonna be basically out of London from, you know, after after the next two weeks on a fairly permanent basis until I have to have to pop back in kind of September time. I won't be around. So, yeah. yeah, if you want to take advantage of the fact we are in London, we are available to coach um, for the next two weeks, get in touch because we won't be back for a while after that. Mm, indeed,
1: indeed. And no, it's I, a great time in London at the moment as well.
0: It's brilliant. It's one of the best cities to be in. I mean, I'm fucking bored of it. I'll be fucking honest because I'm just used <laughs> to travelling around and I just get a, like a drug-like high from going to a new place and exploring them and, um, and, and challenging myself in, in that realm. But for guys Never that no, are yeah. paying home, then you know, and you don't fancy going to Tel Aviv to do some rocket game. Uh, then I recommend coming <laughs> out on the streets of London, and we'll go somewhere new, and, and we'll, we'll approach some people, and we'll feel fucking good, and we'll get some numbers, and get you on some dates.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Nice one. What's your, what's your plans for the rest of the day? This uh,
1: well, I'm popping out. Actually, I'm going out. Going to be uh, doing a bit of socializing out and about in the uh, in the daytime, which hopefully nice. will be good. Hopefully, the weather's gonna gonna be good. Same uh, with me. On. Same
0: with me. I'm I'm teaching a student um, around Liverpool Street. So I'll be there around 4 p.m. Nice. um, I'm looking forward to throwing myself into some interactions. Deliberately, if guys are going out today, I'd say the theme of the day should be deliberately go out to challenge yourself. So those quote unquote hard situations. If you can begin your session with one of those, say it's three girls, right? Ballsy approach, three girls walking on the street. Say you do that every other approach after that will be fucking piss easy in comparison yeah. if you're doing just one or two girls so i used to say to guys right the way the way i used to do it was pick the approaches that scared me and top and tail my sessions with those approaches so for a stage i went through i was shit scared of approaching on the, on the tube platform so what i did at the beginning i'd go to holborn i'd get off the tube i'd wait on i get off the tube at holborn wait on the platform until i saw someone nice. And then walk up and quickly do the approach, walk up the escalators, begin my session, and then come back to Holborn, go down and do another tube approach. And I did that until it didn't scare me anymore. So pick the things, write out the type of approach that scare the shit out of you, and, and just go and do them. Run into that fear head on, because there's no yeah. way of, of getting rid of it otherwise. You can, you can hide it all you want, but it will
1: manifest itself in some other way. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. Yeah,
0: another question about Mr. Torero. He is a, uh, he's an, an Igber, isn't he? People are obsessed with him. Um, <laughs>
1: they, they really are. They really are. Um, he is alive. I can say that much.
0: I was going to say, can you confirm or deny whether he's actually still breathing? <laughs> but yeah. He is still um, breathing. He is still, um, breathing. He's still breathing, but that's all we can say on the matter. Um, it's been a pre- pleasure, Mr. Francis. I'm sure we've given, we've, hopefully we've given guys some, some value with this kind of existential who knows where it was going conversation. Uh, but, yeah, any questions and queries, as usual, both myself and Troy's details will be below. Uh, get in touch for either last minute space on the London Boot Camp, 17th or 20th of July, this Thursday to Sunday. Sorry, 17th to 20th of June. Or uh, coaching with myself or, or Mr. Francis for the next two weeks until the beginning of July. Or if you want to attend St. Petersburg or Sochi whilst we're in Russia in July, uh, emails will be below. And, yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Good stuff.